Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right. It's 10, so we can go ahead and begin. So we'll start with a 30-minute meditation together. So let's go ahead and find a nice posture for practice. And allowing your intention for this practice, allowing it to come to mind And seeing if you can make it altruistic. And seeing how it feels when you do that. That we're not here just for ourselves, but for others, for the benefit of others. Next, turning inward towards refuge and taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. And this is really taking refuge in our own inner qualities instead of external impermanent phenomena taking refuge in buddha nature your basic goodness taking refuge in the dharma which can be as easy as taking refuge in this present moment the truth of this moment. And taking refuge in the kinship that comes from being in spiritual community like we are now. And knowing ultimately that we are our own 
spiritual friend. And connecting with gratitude. Gratitude for this rare and precious opportunity to practice. Reflecting for a few moments out of our entire life. How often do we get opportunities like this? To sit, to be still. To be with oneself with curiosity. not striving to be anything or do anything, but instead attempting to know oneself and the nature of things to bring about ease and peace. By contemplating this and understanding this opportunity, this helps with simply staying present and taking advantage of this opportunity. And next, inviting gentleness here. Inviting gentleness into this moment. 
and how you're meeting this moment. And you can visualize a light, a warmth coming from your heart center. And you can even see it as a flame at your heart center that emanates out this this light and this warmth. And then it's filling up your body. Putting the body at ease. And spilling up the mind, putting the mind at ease. With simple kindness, gentleness. And seeing if there's another part of your being that could use some gentleness. Maybe a specific part of the body. Maybe a feeling tone. Maybe a nagging thought. Maybe something else needs the openness. The non-judgment, the acceptance. That kindness offers. the nurturing.
And next, reflecting on the expansive nature of kindness and gentleness. The spaciousness. How this can connect to others. as it is boundless by nature. And maybe reflecting if you ever felt loved by someone or something that wasn't physically present. So maybe somehow this can extend past time and space investigating this. So maybe reflecting on our existence for a moment as being beyond self, beyond small individual self. And on a bigger scale, there might be pieces of this bigger, larger, more inclusive self that needs some gentleness. And in particular, reflecting on what's happening in Afghanistan.
and it might feel like from so far away, it's really difficult to do something. To be there for someone who might be in fear. But there may be an opportunity for them to feel something beyond time and space. Might be true. So just like sending gentleness and kindness, compassion. To a part of our bodies, our individual selves. Sending this gentleness their way. May somehow, some way they be at ease. May these beings that are suffering, may somehow, some way, may they feel safe. if not physically, spiritually. May they feel protected. May they feel the warmth of loving kindness. 
the warmth that maybe we have all felt. It doesn't take away the pain necessarily, but provides comfort and knowing that somebody's there for you, thinking of you, trying to help. Maybe sending some energy towards people and organizations that can assist. May their plans be successful, may help arrive. May peace arrive in the hearts and the minds of everyone involved. May even those being wrong, may, may even those doing wrong, may their hearts, their minds be transformed. May their actions be reversed. May their hearts soften. May their delusions fall away.
and reflecting on the world at large and the collective loving kindness and compassion that we all hold. And seeing this overthrowing negativities in our collective being. May the supreme loving kindness and compassion prevail. So much so that no other being can see anything else. May self and other fall away. Letting only love remain. Okay, welcome everybody.
Thank you so much for coming today. Um, so we're going to continue on. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about a Lama Samkhapa text on um, the three principles um, on the path. And so last time we talked about the, the determination to be free. And the next, the next one is altruism which we're going to be talking about today. And, and the, the third one is perfect view or like or emptiness. So we're going to chat about um, altruism today to continue on. And let me see if I can send you over some of this text. I might have to do it in, in pieces here. Let's see. Okay. So this text is pretty short, actually. Um, and the, this is the, the part of the text that has to deal with, with altruism. Um, and so I'll just kind of read this here for a moment. A seeking freedom for yourself alone can never bring the exaltation of peerless Buddhahood. Therefore, the wise develop Bodhi mind. Of course, Bodhi means awakened mind, which is often in reference to this bodhicitta of you know, doing this for the, for the benefit of all beings, this Bodhi mind. Swept away by the four raging rivers, tightly bound by karmic chains, so hard to escape, trapped in the iron cage of self-grasping, shrouded by pitch-black ignorance. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> Born again and again in endless cycles of life, constantly tortured by the three sufferings. It's not looking good at all. All of our mothers are in this plight. Please generate the ultimate compassion and love. So it's basically pointing to all beings are are in cyclic existence and it's not so fun here and they can't get out <laughs> and so we need to generate this mind of enlightenment for the benefit of all beings and so i want to touch upon this really mahayana aspect you know of of the of these words right so in, in buddhism there's a few different vehicles excuse me for a second So in different schools of Buddhism, we call these like vehicles, uh, the Hinayana, Mahayana, and Vajrayana. Uh, there's different you know, kind of uh, emphasis uh, and um, on certain aspects of the teachings. And some teachings are just really not found in some of the schools, and some are found in the other schools. And if you take the two of the three principles in Lama Samkhapa's text here, the determination to be free um, and the renunciation of depending upon the outer world for causes of happiness. This is found in, in the, the Hinayana schools. Uh, and perfect view of emptiness, this is also found in the Hinayana schools. But this aspect, this 
attaining enlightenment for the benefit of all beings, this is unique to the Mahayana path. This aspect is unique. And I want to just really look at it very directly here because it is actually more of a belief for most of us than a knowing. And so I want to kind of unravel this and see if we can meet this teaching where we are, which might not be from this perspective. This might not be from this perspective. Uh, maybe we can sometime, someday realize this in, in a knowing capacity. Maybe not in this lifetime. Maybe not at all. Maybe it's not true. Because it's, again, it's a little bit belief-based. And the belief is this. The belief is that if you set the intention from the outset to attain enlightenment just for yourself, you can reach arhat level. So you could, you could transcend samsara and be free from suffering for an extended you know, period of time, but a limited period of time. And so as the texts suggest in the Mahayana, you can maybe be free for an eon or two, they say. <laughs> you, could, you could manifest into celestial realms like heavens, and you're, you're just chilling, you're cool, you're, you're, you're fine. And at some point, though, karma will, will bring you back into lower realms and there'll be still there'll be more stuff to work out this is this is how it goes so it's not complete not all the ties have been cut why well because there's a little bit of wrong view in there and this wrong view is still manifesting as some sense of selfishness right so let's put this in perspective, something we can relate to. I was preparing for this talk and, you know, Afghanistan was definitely on my mind and what's happening there and, you know, what's happened so many times before. So this, this is a really good analogy. Like what if you're in a war-torn country and you have the opportunity for just yourself, you have the opportunity to get out <clears throat> somehow. Somebody comes to you, there's a plane, we can get you out of here. But just you, you could just take yourself. And let's say you have an intention where you're like, cool, like that's, that sounds fantastic. You know, it's really scary here. I'm, I'm going to get out. Now your family's there. Your family's stuck. Right? Your friends, family, your loved ones are stuck. But you're going you're gonna to take the plane out of there and you come to America where it's more peaceful. And you hang out in America without any concern <laughs> of the people that are back there, right? Now, the opposite, let's just think of an, an altruistic example. Let's, let's say, same situation. Somebody says to you, we, we're going to get you out of here. But you can only take yourself. And you still say okay. 
with the intention of coming back and freeing others. So you say, yes, I'm going to come to America. I'm going to get you know, situated there. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to keep fighting you know, you know, logistically to get you back, financially, all of these things. Eventually, my idea to come into America is to free myself from this so I could free everyone back home, right? I'm going to take my friends and family with me eventually. This is the Bodhisattva vow. I'm going to free myself. But I know that I cannot sit in freedom thinking that my friends and my family, my loved ones, are still in pain. Like how can I still, how can I ever be free? Knowing that. And so there's this really big emphasis in the Mahayana path to realize this realization that we absolutely cannot be free until this happens. And then the second piece of the teaching is to understand the nearness and distance we feel depending on who we're thinking about. You know, where does this, with this love, these loved ones, these friends and families, where does this drop off? Who do we bring back? Who are we bringing back? Why is it all beings? Not like, okay, I'll, I'll go, and then my friends and family will come. <laughs> And then that's it. Like there's this, this, this stopping point, you know. So we could imagine this. We can imagine we, we get out of this situation and we bring our, our loved ones. We bring our cousin. We bring our cousins. They come. And your cousin comes and, you know, she's a, a teenager and her, the love of her life is still back in that war-torn country. So she's like, well, what about them? And what about your uncle? Who, you know, and what about, you know, it goes on and on. What about all the other beings that have all, all the other loved ones? All of our loved ones have loved ones that are not necessarily our loved ones. And so, you know, it's an ex it's extremely important exercise then in this case, to practice equalizing all beings, and this is why, from you know the in all of the the metta, all the loving kindness practices, there's always this emphasis at some point into you know maybe it's slowly developing this right view of caring for all beings. So in the in the traditional, you know, Theravada tradition of metta, you know, moving towards sending metta to all beings, in more of the Vajrayana teaching of seeing all beings as your mother being your mother in the past. That's one way that they do it, right? To kind of cultivate 
that strong heart. And there's also a big emphasis through this is with a sincerity, like, you know, to getting to the point of being sincere about this. Like when we go to meditate and we say that, um, you know, I, I'm sitting here for this sincere wish to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings that, you know, they speak of um, feeling the pain of, of, of that nearness, like the, the beings that we feel very near to to feel that kind of pain or that tinge of leaving them behind this is where we start so like could you imagine being stripped away from a being that you love right so really feel that like being stripped away and feeling the tinge like the pain of that you know can can we feel that for strangers you know can we feel that to, for all beings Right. This is like the aspiration, you know, that we're attempting to get to. So, again, this is the Mahayana uh, um, view, you know, and whether or not it's, you know, we could we could know it as a truth. I I think for me. Honestly, when I when I heard this, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe if I attain enlightenment, I don't know if it's like that or not, I, I, I don't know. But if we look at altruism, we could look at it as a spiritual path, in and of itself, we, we see it very clearly, it's very versatile with all the different characteristics of of a spiritual aspirant, if we're looking at concentration, we're looking at, at, at ethics, um, we're looking at all these different kind of spiritual characteristics and tools, there's probably not an, a, a beneficial, there's not another tool that's more beneficial and vers versatile on the path as altruism. You know, to develop altruism is incredibly beneficial because it's very beneficial in the here and now. So this is a second piece is that this might be true and for you this might be extremely motivating you know to develop bodhicitta in this altruistic mindset might be very motivating to think in this way maybe it's not however maybe you're someone who doesn't believe in reincarnation right because it's a belief maybe maybe so that maybe that doesn't work you know for you and that's fine. Can we start where we are? Because in, in my personal belief, this stuff has to work all the time. It's not just like an afterlife thing, right? These, these, these tools have to work in the here and now. So if we try on this altruism in the here and now, and we are working towards you know serving others in the in the present how does this feel so starting where we are meeting this where we are how does this feel you know looking at the first principle lama samkhapa talks about the de the determination to be free and it's one of those things where the determination to be free means that we're not going to try, it's taking refuge, you know, we're not going to take refuge in the material anymore because that just has not worked out. So we're going to take 
refuge. So we're going to have some kind of renunciation in, in that aspect, at least as far as attachment goes. We're not relying on the material world for our happiness anymore. So we're going to have some renunciation there. And even, even that first quality, we're automatically turning towards um, an altruistic heart and mind because we're not self-grasping anymore like through, through that type of desire. Right? We, have to just, we have what we call good desire. <laughs> we're not abandoning all desire. We want the desire you know, to be free, but we're abandoning that other desire. So automatically, just by making this, this shift, we're automatically kind of moving into more kindness. So if somebody walks into, you know, just to symbolize mater the material world, let's say somebody walks into Las Vegas and they're just kind of have um, a selfish mind mindset of um, how can I please my senses, you know, uh, all the stuff to take in, you know, and, and we might be influenced by, by greed and, 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 and these types of things. And then feel what it might be like to move into, you know, that situation with an altruistic heart. Like, I don't really need anything outside of myself. I'm not looking for that. I'm, I'm looking um, for more peace inward. And so there's an, obvious, an openness already to, to be there for others. And even in a very mundane, everyday life, we could feel the benefit of that. We could feel the benefit of not being pulled into um, things that could that can cause you know suffering. So, in a moment-to-moment -moment basis, uh, in a day-to-day, in our in our day-to-day -day life, an altruistic mindset is cause for peacefulness. It's cause for happiness, right? Already. Already. So maybe it's not the Mahayana. Maybe that doesn't, not working, you know? So, and, and you know, I think that um, it, just my personal opinion, it's just, it's important to make peace with that. Like, wow, that's really out there, you know? <laughs> if, if I don't say those lines, like, for the benefit of all beings at the end, if I don't say those lines at the end, you know, because I just really might not believe that. You know, it, it's okay to taste what it might be like to do these practices w without the belief of the countless eons and all that stuff. But if I say for the benefit of all beings with the intention of just this day, this moment, and this kindness that comes from it, you know, that works for me. May I, may I attain enlightenment for this benefit of all beings. Like, may I attain peace in this lifetime or in this, in, in this day so I can help others today. That works too. I'm hearing outside of my room here an amber alert. So sending love and kindness to, to, to them. And then the, the, the final piece of it, which we, we looked at a little bit, which is 
right view. Like what is the right view? And this too has a mundane piece to it. When we look at altruism, and it, of course, whenever we talk about emptiness, it could feel abstract. But the fact of the matter is, is that when we look inward, even for a moment, we cannot find, we cannot find a specific, permanent, fixed self. It's so odd. I can point to my shoes, but I can't point to Casey. Right? I can't point to a specific Casey. I can point to a body because I'm conscious. I could be awake. I could be awake and aware of thoughts and feeling tones. And I could say my body and I could say my thoughts and I could say I was thinking. But I cannot point to succinctly the thinker. The I that owns the thoughts, the I that owns the body, the I that owns the emotion that I made up, you know, I'm saying I'm the owner. But the thoughts came from nowhere. The emotions appear like, like sound out of nowhere. I cannot find the fixed permanent me. And if I cannot find a fixed permanent me, then what separates me from you? You know, where does the energy that we feel in the room, where, where does our energy begin and where does our energy end? How is my thought not, you know, inf influenced by or where's the division between my thought and your thought? All of these things. It's just something for us to contemplate, like experientially, when we have this this clear identification of of self, you know, if we do want some kind of selfish type of, and I'm not even saying selfish in a bad way, I'm just saying from view wise, if we do have a selfish notion, where is the self that is going to gain? Where is the self that is suffering loss? You know? And, and I think this may be more than any kind of belief is what's more important, you know, than, than a belief in something that we can't see. This might be a bit difficult, but if we could actually sit in the not knowing of where I start and, you know, where I end, maybe that can give us an experiential taste of, of unity and oneness. And we could practice from, from that place, which is, a, which is a real thing. It's a real thing. You know, beyond self-identification, you know, our collective heart of hearts. You know, can we enter into that space where we feel this unity and we are practicing from that place of unity, of non-separation, you know, beyond time and space, like I was mentioning in the meditation. So, um, I think, 
I'm going to break us up into some you know smaller groups, and I'm really interested if we could chat about how this altruistic mindset and mind and heart, you know, how altruism altruism is motivating for us individually. Like, how do you find it beneficial? And it could be very mundane. It could be grandiose. I remember working with this this guy one on one, and he ne- he didn't know anything about meditation. And he's working with me just for like a month or two, <laughs> and he really had a karmic connection with the seven point cause and effect method, visualizing that all beings have been your mother in the past, from an ant to a bird, you know, all beings, and that they're suffering and and that you want to attain enlightenment for their benefit. He just loved it. And he would spend, you know, about an hour a day walking up and down the beach in Long Beach. He's retired. And everyone that passed, he would think of them as, you know, being their mother in the past. And may they be free from suffering and offering them loving kindness. And he would just speak of being in pure bliss. He's like, man, I was, it's just bliss. <laughs> he just, I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, that's how he connected. He just connected with it. You know? And um, so we're all a little bit different. So yeah, I'll bring us up in, into groups and just you know, chat. How do you connect? You know, how do you connect to altruism? What practices do you like? Where do you feel the most connected to the heart that wants to give to all beings? And then, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes up. Welcome back. So, yeah, what came up for you guys? Anyone would like to share with a larger group what came up for them? We were we were talking about like how. Christina brought up the idea of like putting out like a certain energy or a certain vibe. And then that got us talking about resonance and then uh, the physics law of entrainment, which like if you put a bunch of cuckoo clocks on a wall, eventually they'll all start ticking the same way. So there's just kind of a connection to the idea of like, you know, what you're putting out in, in regards to altruism that can kind of affect people like even if you can just only wish loving kindness and freedom from suffering for yourself you know still um that just having that uh that kind of um goal could affect the people around you uh just um passively Mm -hmm. and uh and that, that kind of thing happens with our brainwaves when we're in a yoga class or when someone's all listening to a speaker like you and we all start to hook on to the same ideas. It, um, it resonates out from us to our, to our family, to our community. Uh, so like altruism is even built into our, uh, our biology, um, even if we didn't plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Beautiful, thank you. Hi, I'm just gonna unmute because I'm not sure if you saw my hand. 
I didn't. Yeah, people are still freezing on me. So yeah, just go ahead. All good. Okay. Um, I appreciate just mentioned about um, uh, wishing freedom from suffering for yourself. Because for me, um, the altruism talk, well, the altru idea of altruism is like, well, I talked in my group about the danger of spiritual bypassing, which has become super relevant for me uh, recently in, in light of reali realizing how that I'm doing that sometimes. Um, and I'm skipping over the difficult things to get to the blissful things. Um, so I can, to, to me, the idea of wishing it for myself feels often, you know, I, I do that. And, and if I can do that much um, and still, you know, affect others in a positive way and be authentic, then I think that's a good place for me to be. Wonderful. That's so important. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just, I really believe in, I think starting where we are in a more, in an experience-based action is more beneficial than a belief-based action. You know, like, um, yeah, or just, you know, saying things that are not really, that we don't really feel, but if we really feel connected to I'm suffering and I would like to be relieved from that and starting there, that's going to progress in an experiential way. And I just feel like that's it's a much better mode to get into, you know? Yeah. Thank you. And without the judgment piece of like, oh, I should be doing it like this or that, you know, this is what, what my spiritual path looks like for me right now <laughs> and being and feeling really good about that. I really appreciated the way that you connected the no self. I mean, like, where am I with the um, just, you know, kind of questioning the, the dualistic mind? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. From an abstract idea that I've always kind of been, oh, that's kind of cool. But I mean, it really took it to a um, much more concrete level for me. So thank you. And when mm -hmm. we're sharing, how, you know, and, you know, being asked them to talk about it, um, I was thinking of something that I studied in college is, um, you know, people might want to take a look at sociobiology. Um, and um, we read a text on that. It's been an awfully long time, but it was just talking about what motivates people, you know, people so sociologically to do the things that they do and what's the biological imperative of it. So it's just kind of an interesting connection that that came up. It's been a very long time since I've thought about that. But yeah. um, um, anyway, um, thank you, everybody. It's been a, and especially this has been a helpful talk in this time, you know. Great connection. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, hi. Yeah, me, uh, hi, uh, Casey. Thank you so much. So just like everybody said, uh, speaking about altruism, especially at this time with so many things are going on and bringing those forgotten people in. I mean, conceptually, I was thinking about the, uh, all the masters in the world have been pointing us toward this. Like uh, Dr. King says that, you know, if one person is not free, in this world, none of us are free. Uh, Gandhi was saying uh, that, uh, you know, if you see uh, when the Hindus and Muslims are fighting is uh, just go for, to a Muslim person, go get a Hindu person and raise them as a Hindu. And then 
vice versa to that mm. uh, Muslim mm. person. And then, uh, you know, Maharaji was saying to the uh, Ram Das and his followers, just serve people, just feed people and serve people. That's mm. like the highest. Mm-hmm. And then just like points to what you were talking about, they were, those are able to break those, uh, you know, boundaries between self and the other and just not see the differences. So those are all conceptual. I'm still working on it. But then with, uh, we were in a group with uh, beautifully uh, mentioned that, uh, say it, that, you know, she picks up the trash from the ocean. I mean, when she walks around it and she had a, you know, smile on her face when she was saying that, that, that. Uh, uh, so maybe, you know, on those experiential things that we do little every day, uh, we can just push that forward to encompass the circle. As Mother Teresa would say that she was saying, uh, the problem with the humanity is they draw the circle of family and self too close. Uh, the compass, they draw it too close, that circle. So mm-hmm. I know those conceptually. I'm working on it experientially to increase it out to whatever I'm able to in this lifetime. So thank you so much, Casey, for this wonderful talk. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is such a great time to be together and to be talking about this. I just want to share a little practical uh, consequence, I think, of, of, um, you know, always saying at the end, may all beings be free from suffering, is I find that it bites my tendency to feel like poor me Mm. because that's just such a rut and it's so unhelpful and accomplishes nothing and so to remember that my suffering is suffering and that all are suffering you know that I don't even to be with whatever is going on doesn't feel only like mine and so I don't get into the poor me like only me poor me kind of (laughs) feeling so I think um it helps me in 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 that's just one of many benefits one of the ways that altruism is motivating but that's a very sort of like concrete one that I have noticed thank you yeah I, I like that you bring that up because that's a really it's so tangible you know um like that pity that poor me that's the near enemy to compassion, you know, so it could look like compassion, but it's, it's not. And when we have that same feeling towards, towards others, you know, and, and I, and I feel within myself to be mindful, like whenever my compassion does not feel enlivened, then I'm my, it's a little off, you know, and, um, and that, that's a good way to, to bring it back. So it's, yes, such a good, uh, practice and in, in self-awareness that, that you exhibited. So wonderful. Thank you. So, yeah, so just, uh, you know, wrapping up, uh, Ali mentioned, you know, something that might be nice for the Donna today uh, to, to go to, um, I don't have the link, you know, we have the Donna link, but I don't have it. Um, it's in the newsletter, you know, it's, it's very accessible. Um, and if you want to put like Afghanistan on it, on your Donna, we will make sure that it gets, gets there. Um, there's, there's um, different organizations. Uh, I know that I'm supporting one. I share it on my, my Instagram 
they've been around for like 20 years, like women of, of Afghanistan, and they're a really good organization. Uh, Ali was saying that um, the South Bay Insight Center uh, also is giving. Um, oh, thank you, Kate, very much. And, and so, yeah, we will definitely make sure that it gets in the hands of some really reputable organizations that are assisting. And um, yeah, so, so we could definitely do that. If you just wanna put, put that little note on your Don Afghanistan, we'll make sure that it gets, gets there, so. Um, all right, so I wanna respect everyone's time and just finish up today. So maybe we could just dedicate the merit if you want to just come back into your posture one last time. And I just want to thank you all so very much to come together today. Uh, it's so healing to maybe have uh, an open heart that might be sensitive and, and hurting, but be together with this and as we started off today with that intention of really wishing that others that are suffering in this time and all times in all locations, may they feel comforted by others, by this feeling of connection that we are all in this together. We're not the only ones suffering. May all beings everywhere without exception, may they all be happy, joyful, and free from suffering. Om Mani Padme Om. Thank you again all so much. Thank you, thank you. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.